Baptist. Hey, welcome to Mike the Baptist. I'm Mike the Baptist. See how that works? Welcome back I was to a another. Confused, but now I say so it cleared it right up. Right, it cleared it up. Uh, okay, the logo. I think there are still some people who wonder why there's a grasshopper on the logo. So I just encourage them to think, Mike the Baptist, and then make some reference in their mind to grasshoppers and honeycombs, which is also in that logo, and then just guess from there. If you get into some trouble, we'll help you out. Uh, where were we? Uh, welcome. Michael Koontz is back. Hey, Jackson. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, well, that's it. Good to see you. Ditto. <laughs> Glad you came because you're supposed to be here, so that works out good, too. Yes, sir. Called the Three Preachers Series, and three of them are right here. Jason Riccardi. What's up? Many, many C's, R's, and I's in that name, and I like to point that out every, most every time. <laughs> But you're okay with that. Ah, doesn't bother me. That's what I like about you. You're just okay. You're ready. I, I'm I'm okay. You're ready. <laughs> you saw, good uh, nor bad, just I'm okay. I just saw Jason at uh, our church just had a large VBS program, which gets bigger every year and crazier. And Jason gets crazier every year, too. I saw him flop around on the stage uh, fighting a baby shark or something. And I'm not talking about he was just kind of sort of pretending Peter, don't hate me it was an inflatable shark it was oh, not he, a live shark I mean he flopped I mean it was in, incredible you're just a wild man good time we also uh, implemented you know those uh, poppers into the act I did see that too <laughs> yeah that was it's, fun uh, it's shark, a long story shark poppers it's a long story uh, HD yeah. Jones is here hey good to, good Saturday morning to you Michael nice to see you uh, at 1201 I, 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 it's pretty impressive that people get up to watch this live at 1201 when it comes out I'm pretty committed or they should be. Yes. And the really spiritual people who actually see it on the Friday night before at 6, I mean, that's really something, too. That's miraculous. That's is impressive. what that is. Yes. That's impressive. Oh, miraculous. <laughs> the buzzer is here, and we will use it if you get too spiritual, as always, on Mike the Baptist. Send us an email. We've been getting emails. I've been uh, harping on emails, and we're getting them. Got one from Aaron, who uh, is ill that... Something that was said on any or Audi was something she was going to use if she ever got invited on Mike the Baptist. And uh, actually, I think that was a veiled uh, ask to be on Mike the Baptist. So we're going to have her come in here as a token layperson at some point and sit in with us. She's really funny anyway, so that should be kind of entertaining. Thanks for the email, Aaron. And um, she said she has not missed an episode. I find that impressive. That yes. is pretty impressive. And humbling. It is. Because I haven't even watched all of them. <laughs> I don't impressive think all or impressive. Oh, well, you know, yeah. it could go either way. Yeah. But anyway, send us an email. Comments at MikeTheBaptist.com. We may or may not uh, use your suggestions. We may or may not mention that we even got it. It depends on what you say. So the ball's in your court. But send us an email. www.MikeTheBaptist.com. Go to the website. You'll find all the previous episodes of Mike the Baptist. And now there are quite a few of them. We're well over a year. I think this, just the three preachers, is going to be the 47th or 48th three hmm. preachers. This doesn't seem like we've made that many of those, does it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> but anyway, you'll find all the previous ones and the new ones on the website. Uh, links to podcast apps and YouTube channels and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and you can buy mug. a shirt. Yeah, coffee yeah. mug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there are. You can, uh, Jason is holding one up to a camera right there. You can see how pretty it is. 
Kuntz, Kuntz has his. Uh, my, our uh, design engineers here at Mike the Baptist said, you got to quit having uh, styrofoam cups and fast food joint cups and Coke cans on the desk. So we went straight, strictly to Mike the Baptist uh, koozies, mugs, <laughs> yes. Or, or, you know, you can, I still use my own little fancy metal. Those are okay. But I noticed that Kuntz is challenging our design engineers. Is that what I call them, design? I think so. Yeah, I think he's he's challenging them just a little bit. And if you watch, if you're viewing, you'll you'll see how he pulls that off. And sometimes, it will get noticed. Sometimes we have a little rebel in us, don't we? No. No? What are you talking about? What? <laughs> but anyway, so, yeah, go on there and buy you a mug or a T-shirt or something, and we'll pay the light bills. And then we'll keep making these silly little programs for you. That's just how it works. I'm not going to say it's a ministry because I don't like it when people misuse that word, and some people do. I just need money to pay the light bill. <laughs> so uh, go on there and pilfer around, www.mikethebaptist.com. Today on the front porch, uh, we're going to talk about <clears throat> gifts that either we have given someone or we've seen somebody give someone that didn't work out right. Uh, the crazier the better is the way I see it. Um, I mean, you can get all sentimental and do something really nice here and talk about, you know, something really nice you did for somebody, but that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking uh, to, to you guys to bring the comedy because I know you're capable. I've seen it before. I'm seeing it now. So, Are you saying my face has comedic value? Oh, yeah. And uh, I, I told everybody else today in, at today's taping uh, – uh, Brother Hodo walked in the door <laughs> with a really funky grin already on his face, so I knew something was up today, and uh, so I'm expecting great things. We'll, we'll see what happens. Okay, yeah. please do yeah. before before you speak, which okay. means I'm going to wait on you. Okay, for a I appreciate bit that. So you can have time to uh, edit yourself. Hmm. Jason, let's start with you. Tell us tell us about a gift that you have given to somebody, or it's, you know, just you just say what you want to yeah. say. So there's there's a gift that I get made fun of, especially by HD a lot, and, and pretty much all my other coworkers. They make fun of me for this. It's, it's very but, uh, romantic, by the way. Romantic? <laughs> yeah, it's very okay. romantic. Romance is in the eye of the beholder. You have to know the person that is receiving the gift. I know the person receiving the gift. So I get made fun of for this, but my wife loves, like, I – I, I look. I'm not the one that loves this stuff. She loves this stuff. Uh, she loves of office up. stuff, organization stuff, stuff that makes her life easier when it comes to. Oh, yeah. She does Mary Kay, yeah. and so one year I bought her a very nice, uh, you know, commercial grade printer, scanner, copier, color laser printer, and I got made fun of a lot by my coworkers, mm-hmm. um, but she loved it. But the the one that that actually made her cry, and this happened um, what, seven, eight months ago, something like that. It's actually kind of sad. We had a dog, and I, I've I've shared about this dog before. His name was Balto. It's sad, but we're already laughing for some reason. <laughs> we're laughing at you. Uh, yeah. So I had this dog. His name was Balto, and he just showed up at the church. And it just turns out that my daughter was praying for this specific dog after eating a ginormous thick uh, dog book with all the dog breeds in there. He shows up at the church, and we'd had him for, I don't know, like eight, nine years, something like that. Mm-hmm. And so he was really furry. He is a Malamute, 
which is like a bigger version of the husky. And so he would shed a sweater's worth of hair like every week. And so my wife was vacuuming all the time. And so come Black Friday last year in 2022, I thought to myself, you know what? She has asked for this specific type of vacuum before, and it was a, it was a more expensive vacuum. So I, you know, I'd put off getting it because I'm like, well, this one still kind of works. And so my mom and I, we went in and got it for her, and that was our Christmas gift to her. Well, fast forward, Christmas Eve last year, 2022, and uh, we're, we unwrap one gift on Christmas Eve and the rest of them on Christmas Day. And so she opens up the, the Christmas Eve gift and it just so happened to be that vacuum uh which we got specifically for the the dog um and i didn't even think about it but your dog could vacuum what (laughs) that would be quite the task right (laughs) so i didn't even think about it but the first thing she sees when she opens the package is uh dog vacuum Mm -hmm. is is essentially what it was (laughs) that's the first thing she sees and the thing that made her cry is because um We, we found out in the intervening weeks from when I purchased the gift till you know, that day in time that the dog was having congenital heart failure. And December 24th uh, was two days before we actually had to put him down. Yes. Um, so then she so opens. The first thing she sees when she opens this is dog vacuum. And, right. and it just made her start crying. And yeah. I'm like, dang. <laughs> I, <laughs> best laid plants of mice and men i'm a horrible person didn't even think about that uh, if that had been the case i'd have been like i'm taking it back i'm getting you something else but yes so somewhere in the past little, little sarah was writing in her diary dear diary one day i hope to marry a man who will buy me a printer and the vacuum. Hey, I'm telling you, she loved the printer, and I think she appreciates the vacuum now. But in the moment, she did. She's she just quite the practical woman. Started to cry. That was. Yeah, she I is. Can see where Sarah? She's so nice. Yeah, I can see where she would. She wouldn't make a fluff about that at all. No. Now in her diary, she might. <laughs> she's that, probably that page in her diary has big teardrops all over it. And <laughs> the next several meals out, tasted a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> she seasoned them a little extra special for me. I don't know. Pictures on a nightstand of you and her kind of got you ripped off of it and, and then taped back in later. <laughs> Stuff like that. That's yeah. a good story. I like that. Yeah. She photocopy it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on her new printer. <laughs> Why have I been scrubbed from all your social media, Sarah? Uh, oh, very awesome. good. Thank you, Jason. You came. Yeah, for us. You're welcome. Coots, uh, why don't you share with us? Yeah, so. Uh, Wait a minute, would that be a faux pas? What's a faux pas? A faux pas gift? I mean, it could be. I what does know. faux pas I, mean? I don't speak Russian. That's a gift when you got faux pas. social convention. <laughs> gift faux pas? Gift faux pas. <laughs> when you break social convention. How do you know that, Jason? I he know. What does he not know? Day. When you break, apparently, how to buy myself or buy my yeah, wife? That's very good. Yeah. Timing of that's gifts. apparently what I don't know. <laughs> you need to get that book. Timing of gifts. Yeah. Coach, what yes, happened? Yes, sir. Coach, so, uh, yeah, I don't have a great story for you. Uh, we'll go back to the childhood and uh, gift. Uh, and it's actually, I think it was spanned over a few Christmases uh, for my dad. Um, you know, dad was the handyman. Dad could fix just about anything. He could build anything. Wonderful workshop. Great guy in that regards. And um, at a very young age, Dad had these great hopes for his children that we would follow in his footsteps and we would learn how to use tools. 
and I don't use tools. But he would, I can remember a big, massive red toolbox he gave me one year for Christmas. Had all kinds of tools in it, hammers and screwdrivers, and then uh, socket sets, you know, and stuff like that through the following years and stuff. So uh, they say there's no tears in heaven, but I'm sure my dad probably (laughs) is crying because those tools are long gone. And, yeah, my son was a disappointment because he never learned how to use those tools. Mm. Yeah, so that's about the best I got for you today. Well, it's pretty good. It's okay. In a, in a kind of in a, sad way. Well, that's, that's me. I'm well, I have I'm a question sad. for you. He still doesn't like, I mean, like, literally at VBS, I'm like. No tools? Take this saw and run it. He goes, nope, I don't use power tools. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I'm, I, that answered my question I was going to ask you. So did you pass any tools down to your son? A lightsaber. <laughs> a lightsaber, yeah. You know, and it's funny. My, my son is in a, uh, a, a job role where he has to use tools all the time. Huh? Didn't you tell me that somebody was calling you a tool the other day? <laughs> it's, well, it's like the exact probably, opposite yeah. of what your dad wanted for yeah, you. Exactly. That's a different yeah, episode. Sad, ain't it? <laughs> that, that's coming up on another episode of Names that we've all been called <laughs> on a regular basis. Okay, well, yeah. it's good. I guess so. So uh, the wild man started this. And and so you kind of yeah, calmed us down it, a little. I brought it down. I'm sorry. Uh, and now we're going <laughs> to go across the table land. to uh, my friend H.D. Jones, who, you know, I was talking to uh, uh, the Preacher's Wives. We recently taped a couple of new episodes. That will be next week. Next next week, yeah. yeah. And uh, and uh, we were talking. I was talking to your wife, Susan, and I brought up that I had been recently watching uh, – reruns of uh, everybody loves raymond such a funny hilarious show and she said oh yeah we watch all those she said we have a lot of phrases in my house we use from that because the family's so much like that mm, pretty, pretty <laughs> much great yeah, yeah it's kind of like watching our own little reality show okay so, speaking so I, of reality i come from a, a tradition of giving bad gifts so okay. tradition tradition no not not tradition. on purpose <laughs> oh okay but it just happens that way so <laughs> My granddad, my mom's dad, he uh, he wasn't very sentimental, and uh, but he knew he was supposed to get his wife, i.e., my grandmother, something for Christmas. So on the way home, the Friday before Christmas, he stops at a roadside stand where they're selling the like velvet Jesus and all that stuff. He buys her a Spanish conquistador statue, which was not the style in their house, uh-huh. and a bra. <laughs> 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 which was the wrong size. <laughs> too big or too small? Uh, you know, right? And, and it was like, that was a running joke forever in the family. Well, along comes my dad, who would have, should have. You can't can't leave the Spanish conquistador. What was his thought in the Spanish conquistador? I I think it was, oh, crap, oh, crap. I I think it was, oh, crap, oh, crap, it's Christmas, and I forgot to get her something. (laughs) So that's what he bought her. Uh, Yeah, it was uh, was a lot of fun. And then you would have thought my dad would have watched what his father-in-law did and say, never going to do that. Yeah. But, part, of, part of buying your spouse gifts is knowing what they like. <laughs> That's right. Even if it's office equipment. Um, Which she loves. <laughs> we're going to have to get her back on the show and just have a rebuttal. you know, just, and, and bring her printer. 
Yeah, and a vacuum. And a vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> that's an open invitation, Sarah. <laughs> Show back up. Product reviews. Now we move from food, yes. food reviews to product reviews. So anyway, my my mom. If y- y'all know my mom, we've told some hilarious stories. Mom has always been big hair, glitz, big jewelry. Even if she couldn't afford it, it was big. Even if it was fake jewelry, it was mm. always big and glitzy. So one year for, I think it was like their 15th, 16th wedding anniversary, my dad buys my mother these simple little bitty hoop gold earrings. Well, mom opens them up. She's not very happy about it. She takes them back as, you know, an exclamation point of, I do not like this. Ouch. The very next year for their anniversary, he bought the same (laughs) pair. Oh, my gosh. But he didn't Uh, know that. I don't think he paid he attention. I don't know, but it, she remembered, and that has been brought up quite often in the household. HD, you've been married for how many years now? Is it thirty-three? Thirty-three years. In thirty-three years, you didn't have one story in there where you did something wrong. Oh, I'm sure show? I did. You know, but I just choose to block those things out. <laughs> I will say, that may be good. I will say, gift. You know, it's both ways. We we talked about this is just gifts that flop. Yeah. So I'll tell you one on my wife, and I I'm not. She will tell you, I don't really like surprises. She did, in fact. She said that when she was here. Yeah, I just don't really like them. But she tries, bless her heart, one year, and she was, I mean, we had just gone into ministry, just come to temple, and her thought process was, I'm going to buy him a Kindle. I'm going to buy him this Kindle. Mm -hmm. He can study and read books on it. Man, that'll be a great gift. And I remember this because we were at the TBC conference in Memphis. Mm-hmm. So we're in this hotel room at this conference, and she's brought along my birthday present, going to make a big to-do about my birthday while we're there and all this stuff. And I open it up, and I do not have a good poker face. And I'm kind of like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, the downside of this is, honey, I just spent about $3,000 on a Logos program where I can do all that stuff on my computer, on my phone. It's a nice gift, but it really just it'll it'll just sit in the box. Well, here go the waterworks, you know. Then, then another year, I had this pair of Clark shoes, Clark brown shoes that I liked, and I mentioned to her at some point, I was like, you know, if I could find these in black, sometime I might I might try to find that. Well, she goes shopping, and so sure enough, she finds these Clark shoes. Same style, but they just, I don't know, they just didn't look good in black. And I opened them up. And you said so. On Christmas morning, I opened them up, and we're running to get ready to get in the car to go to North Carolina. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to take those back. Well, she cried all the way to North Carolina. So, yeah, so I don't know, me and gifts. I think I do a good job, but she's taking a few things back, too. So I just block those out. Oh, you know, I regularly see uh, – I pull into Walmart, and I regularly see people that I knew had just had a like a baby shower or a wedding shower. Oh yeah, and they got two carts full of stuff they're taking in there to cash in. <laughs> yeah, people have bought them, so nothing wrong with that. I don't think. Spanish conquistadors; those really go over well at Christmas time. Spanish conquistador and a bra. Yeah, and a bra, but the, the wrong size. I'm curious if he bought that both of those at the roadside. I, I don't remember that stand. part of the story, but you know he he was really trying because <laughs> i'd like to hear the story if he didn't of where he went in to do that one because he probably he probably needs some help yeah anyway that's another episode too <laughs> i don't really have a lot of those my family uh, has always traditionally we kind of buy things for each other just throughout 
the time. So when it comes time to actually buy somebody something, it's like we've already bought them everything. So I mean, those. But I have one gifting thing I did one time that I'm. I don't. I never knew the results of it, but I. I think I can imagine the results of it. Uh, uh, it was a holiday, and I was smoking some turkeys. I may have told you all this before, but uh, anyway, I smoked a couple of extra turkeys because I had a good friend who was a, he used to be a big uh, music publisher here in Nashville. His name was Bob Millsap, and he and I befriended each Any other. Any relation to Ronnie? No, he wasn't. Oh. Uh, Bob did have one eye that went out there somewhere. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> no, he did. And I can remember uh, when he's living in Branson, he had this huge house out on the lake in Hollister, Missouri. And uh, I'd go spend time with him at his studio there in Branson, and then we'd go downtown. He had a, a pub thing. We'd go down there and sing songs until it closed down. And then he'd shove all the money in his pocket, and we'd drive out to his lake house. And I can remember some nights driving out to his lake house, and I would cover one one of my eyes with my hand and drive behind him because I was thinking, well, this has got to be how, be how he kind of sees it. So he knew I did that. He thought it was funny, too. But anyway uh, – uh, he talked me into moving to Nashville. We both moved out here uh, at the same time to uh, do a writer's deal with Acuff Rose. And I got out here and thought, I'm not going to do that. It's a little bit of a mistake, but but I was a little too independent. But anyway, uh, eventually he moved. He went on somewhere else. And, and one year I was smoking some turkeys, and I thought about old Bob. I thought, I'm going to smoke him a turkey. But I didn't stop and think through that in order to ship something like that, you need it on ice. So I remember taking one of those smoked turkeys, and I wrapped it up in foil, and then I wrapped it up in a trash bag, and then put something else around it, and then another trash bag. I sealed it up really good, and I UPSed that out to him. He never brought it up, and but later on I got thinking, you know, when he opened that up, <laughs> that thing had to be like eight shades of green and blue and probably the worst smell you could imagine. And I don't know what he thought it might, because I never told him, you got a turkey coming? Did you all ever talk again after that? We did, but he never he never mentioned that, and I didn't either. It just never came up again, but I can imagine. I, I'm pretty sure that was not a good gift. <laughs> The UPS guy probably left it on the front porch and a dog got into it. Yeah, it's like I, n- I don't ever know what happened, but it was just, I know it was a things faux pas. Things that we will need to find out in heaven one day. Yeah, I'm going to ask Bob, uh, what, what about happened? that turkey? What about the turkey? <laughs> and uh, interesting. Okay, well, this did not disappoint. Uh, it's pretty good little front porch talk, and I uh, appreciate you guys being willing to bear yourselves. You know, I know the people that uh, don't go to church with, with you guys or me that hear this or are entertained by these things. And I can only imagine the people that do know you and us <laughs> that you do go to church with. I can only imagine some of the conversations that happen about things they hear about you on this that they'll never bring up to you, I don't think, but I bet there's some pretty lively conversations. A hodo, you're used to it though, because you yeah. just take it and I pretty much tell them from the pulpit. You do, yeah. You, you, you pretty much bear it all up there. Uh, no, I won't. I was going to bring up one of those, but I won't. I, I'll move on because everybody don't watch the video, and it would require me to act out some things. Anyway, somewhere somewhere in the future. Hey, speaking of acting out things, uh, August the 20th, uh, we're going to tape an episode of Mike the Baptist live in the sanctuary. Of the church I go to with all these guys you're looking at and listening to right now. Anything could happen, and I hope it does. And uh, if you're listening to us, you're invited 
to come be a part of the studio audience. Uh, that's all I got now. I guess more details later as they unfold. Sounds good. Everybody seems so thrilled and a little uneasy. It's going to be bigger than the Manning cast. As the what? It's going to be bigger than the Manning cast. What is that? The Manning brothers, when they, they, they do this thing during football <laughs> season. Yeah. Where oh, the Mannings, yes. Yeah. It's broadcast all over, and it's this big thing where they're basically just messing with each other. Oh, I didn't know and that. And doing commentary. Yeah, it's really big. They started it last year. Really big, really popular. That's probably funny. Yeah, it's it's pretty funny. That's kind of what we're going to do. Yeah. Only we're going to do it inside a church sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Probably, <laughs> probably a little bit cleaner jokes. Bring a squirrel. Bring a squirrel. <laughs> I'll bring we some squirrels. I'll have squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a break. Come back. Talk about some stuff we found in the Bible. See you shortly. You may have seen people wearing Mike the Baptist t-shirts or hoodies lately and wondered to yourself, Hey self, where could I get some of that bling bling? Well, tell yourself not to worry, because it's easy to order Mike the Baptist logo tees and hoodies for yourself or your family and friends. Visit MikeTheBaptist.com, click on the merchandise link, and shop away. Lots of colors and sizes to pick from. And now available, I'm just a Christian trying not to cuss tees and hoodies. Mike the Baptist is all about real talk with real people, spreading the good news to a world who can really use some good news right now. When you purchase Mike the Baptist tees and hoodies, you're helping Mike and the crew pay the bills to keep Mike the Baptist on the interwebs and talking about God's love for all people. It's really that simple. And we make no apologies for having fun and living out the Christian life. Order your tees or hoodies today with just the logo or familiar sayings you hear on Mike the Baptist episodes. Just visit MikeTheBaptist.com and click on Merchandise. Thanks so much for watching and listening to Mike the Baptist and for your support in helping us spread the good news. What a great planet. You know, we have a lot of fun here. I'll just say that. I think the guys here that are with me would agree that we do have a lot of fun. Uh, But we have a little more of a purpose than just having fun here. Because in the middle of these uh, podcasts here, we talk about stuff that we found in the Bible. And the reason I say stuff we found in the Bible is because the point of what we're doing is to try to talk about these things that are in the Bible. Just like people talk, you know, or try to get close. Because I know the guys here at the table, they're at their jobs, they're preachers. So they're having to construct messages all the time and speak, I guess, in preacher terminology a lot. Which is fine, but I kind of feel like this gives you guys an opportunity to loosen up just a little bit and just have a conversation uh, without feeling like you're in front of of an audience and having to be real, real careful about what you say. I guess you still need to be a little careful about what you say. But anyway, the point is, <laughs> yeah. on Mike the Baptist, we have a buzzer. Mm. Sounds like that. And if we get a little too spiritual in our talk, a little too high churchy, then I'll hit the buzzer. And the point of that is to change what you just said in some terms where I like to imagine that there are people who aren't real churched up, who don't go to church all the time, who might stumble on this and listen to it. And I don't want them to uh, – think that we're talking in such high language that they can't listen. I want people to listen. I want them to laugh and listen. And I don't think they'll do that if we just talk church talk. Rant over. And I'm going to turn this section over to the preachers to talk about the stuff 
that they found in the Bible. You know, one of the authors of the New Testament is Paul, probably considered one of the greatest missionaries. And one of the things he did was he planted churches around, and then he would write these letters. So probably about 13 of the New Testament documents are attributed to Paul. In the book of Titus, Paul is writing back to one of these guys that he's put on the island of Crete and said, I want you to stay there and kind of be a, a head pastor, and I want you to train up some guys under you. Uh, and the whole book of Titus really kind of focuses on what his responsibility, what Titus's responsibility is to the church, but a good reminder, too, how the church is to be um, in the world but to be different. And so one of the things that Paul talks about is the purpose. What What is the purpose uh, for us staying here as Christians. I mean, if we really believe God wants us in heaven with him, you know, the best thing that could happen to us is that the moment we get saved, the moment we ask Christ to come into our life, that we would just be beamed up, go to heaven, and enjoy our eternal life. But we've been left here for a purpose, and so Paul is kind of writing back to Titus, talking to him about that. And I started to ask you guys what you felt like your purpose was in life. I was afraid that might be a little too deep. So, uh, I want to change that a little bit and think about the purpose of the church uh, in general, the purpose that God has left his people here. What would you say to that? I mean, there's the ultimate purpose of the church is to bring honor and glory to God. And and how do you do that? Uh, well, if, if you want to make it a, I guess, simple answer, you go back to the Great Commission as you're going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them all the things that Jesus told us we were supposed to teach them. So how how do you do that, I think, is probably the question you're going for, is how do we as a church lead people into being, uh, you know, if, if we have the light of Christ in us, how do we teach people to go where they are and be bright lights for the gospel in their work environment? And you know, first thing we need to do as church members is to be passionate about Jesus to begin with. And if we can, if we can display our own passion for who God is and get other people passionate about God, then we've done our job um, within the church. I think is ultimately what we want to do. We want to get people excited about Jesus so that it's not just a Sunday and Wednesday thing. But it's something that when they leave the church building, they recognize that their opportunity to minister to a lost and dying world begins at that point. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, when the church is first started, you know, we have a way we do church. Sure. In our modern society. Are we doing what, what churches were intended to do to begin with? I. Are you talking about our specific church or no, churches in general? Church, you know, because there's a way that church happens in America. I know every church I go to in America, there's a similar kind of. We have a format and yeah. things we do. Yeah. I was just wondering while you were talking about, you know, what's the church for? Uh, I was thinking about well, what was it for in the beginning when it first started. The yeah. people were just kind of gathering at a dinner table or something in somebody's house. What was it for? But it became more formal than that because it, again. Yes, most of those churches were smaller. We would call them house churches where maybe it's two or three families meeting together. But just because they were small doesn't mean that they didn't do some of the similar things that we do. 
um, like evangelism. They would have talked to each other and was like, hey, what about your cousin Bob? We mm-hmm. need to go talk to him. Uh, discipleship, you know, you would read the scriptures and talk to each other about them. Um, but we do see the church as it grows, it gets a little more formal. I mean, I know we all laugh about committees, but, you know, the deacons were formed as a committee to take care and feed the widows consistently. So I think, you know, to answer your question directly, I think we do it similar. It's a different context. It's a different um, culture, so to speak. But I think churches in general have a good um, base of doing similar things. Uh, For example, Rick Warren not only wrote The Purpose Driven Life, but he also wrote The Purpose Driven Church. And I think there are five things, evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, worship, and missions. And if our churches are doing those correctly, then they're literally meeting the purpose that God left us here for. And left us here is a good good way. I can't, you know, I can't get ahead of the game, but... Uh, we, didn't we know we, some left whipses? We did know some left <laughs> Uh we, we actually taped Preacher's Wives episode yesterday, yeah. and this topic came up, and yeah. I have a kind of an elongated theory about the reason we're left here, but you tune in next week and you'll hear that. I'm gotcha. not going to take up your time right now. I think one of the things that's important to keep in mind when asking the question, are we doing what the purpose of the church is, are we fulfilling that purpose, is that there's a different context. And you were alluding to it, but, um, you know, our church goes, historically has gone to Haiti as one of our big overseas mission trips. Church in Haiti looks way different than church here, but it's a different context. It's a different group of people, a different way of life, a different expectation. Same mission, same purpose, but the way that you fulfill that is different because it's a different context. I had the opportunity to go to Nepal last year. We got to train pastors while I was there. You, you have to think big concepts when you're teaching pastors how to minister in their context because where they're at, there's such a small portion of the population that is Christian the way that they fulfill the name of or the, the mission of the church is even as simple as actually saying the name Jesus uh, because there's so few people that have actually heard the name Jesus that you're starting with the fundamentals and, and you're starting at a, a very, very, very bottom understanding of who God is. And so church over there looks very different, especially with the political climate, you know, if, if you get too evangelistic and you get too much on the radar of those around you, it kind of limits your ability to uh, fulfill the purpose of the church. And so you just you you operate differently with the same purpose in, in different contexts. And we see this with Paul's uh, description of uh, when in Rome, do as the Romans. You know, when, when he's going somewhere, I've become all things, all people to reach all kinds of people. And so... Same purpose, but different ways of going about doing it. Is that kind of what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I just imagine, you know, when it, this was all brand new, and people were gathering, and uh, well, you know, I'm going to challenge structure anyway. <laughs> I remember some time ago when I first got involved in this whole uh, Southern Baptist thing. Uh, you know, the Southern Baptist Convention. And all I used to really question. Well, you know, they got this big organization you know and everybody's sending money to it and then there and then you know this guy but then over time i got to realizing that 
if they didn't have that, then you'd have all these thousands of little churches out here doing their own thing. They'd be going this way and that way, and before long, you know, you get well, it does happen. You get some that break off and create this whole new thing that's not really probably sound. And so over time, I began to see, yeah, okay, Jackson, you can back off that a little bit because there is a, a need for that. So I guess it's the same thing as uh, the population grew all these thousands of years. And then this thing traveled, you know, from over there somewhere to here. We didn't start it over here. A lot of people may think this started in America, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. So I guess it had to have a format of some sort. Talking about the Southern Baptist Convention, you know, and one of the things that we uh, believe as our convention, and we say it quite often, we can do more together. And that's that's one of the great things about the SBC is we can pool a massive amount of resources where it comes a little bit from a lot of places. And we can go around the world and do some amazing stuff. And that's part of the purpose of our church. You know, uh, we are fulfilling, you know, we talk about light, but we're also called salt. And we need to be that preserving agent in our societies where we live at and where we go uh, as a church. And that's one thing that I think we've almost shied away from in our churches today is that we need to be raising up people to go and be leaders, servant leaders in our society, you know, in government Mm -hmm. and uh, going out and being elected officials that hold on to the values and the doctrines that God gives us in his words so that the truth of God's word is being is impacting our society and helping bring some stability and some peace, even though we are in a sin-cursed world. But if we're not doing that, we're not being the salt that we've been called oh, to be. Oh, could we not use that right nowadays? Absolutely. And, and you see less of that, I think. I th- well, we're afraid to get into the political world. Well, even if you do, uh, it's like, uh, you're afraid to say much yeah. because you get ostracized and then, and, uh, oh man, could we use that though right now? Uh, interesting. And you know, one of the things that will kind of limit our ability to fulfill the mission of the church, the purpose of the church is uh, the way that we interact with other people, which kind of brings up this idea, uh, this concept of confrontation. And so, man, it's a, how do we go about doing this? Who are the people that we we end up having confrontations with? Why do we go about doing it? What are the things that we're fighting about? And and is there some guidelines that kind of limit where we have confrontational uh, stuff? So what, what are you guys' thoughts about that? I mean, the in the religious area of the world, it can get really contentious really quick. Um and even not in the religious realm, if you bring up religion at all, it can get contentious really quick. So do you guys have any uh, concepts, some philosophies that you kind of follow, some rules, guidelines, whatever, that really help guide you on, on how you confront people, what's worth confronting, and you know, guidelines on where you have confrontation? Are you talking about confronting other Christians and other Christian groups, or are you talking about confronting Just in general. the world? Yeah. Just in general. Both. Both. Okay. Yeah. And Something I th- broad I think, enough to cover both of them. And I think that's what the relationship depends on. Um, you know, it's like, I'm not <clears> going to spank your children. That's your responsibility. But I might say to you, hey, Jason, you need to know this about your kids so that you can discipline them. So I think a lot of it is that relationship. You know, if I've got a friend or a cohort that I feel like they're doing something wrong or they're interpreting Scripture wrong, you know, that's a different kind of conversation 
than me just being offended uh, what ABC News puts out there, you know. So there's a difference in how we deal with people. Um, I think, one, there needs to be a stricter um, application to people that we know are Christians because we're supposed to be helping them to grow and mature. When you have somebody outside of Christ, I think there's where you need to really start looking for opportunities to build a bridge. Um, Paul did that. He walked through and he goes, oh, I see this God, this statue you have out here that has no name. Let me tell you about this God who you don't know. And he, he, he found something in their culture that, that he could start having a conversation. He didn't believe in an unknown God. He believed in the God. But he used that as a, an entrance into a conversation. He didn't agree with them, but he also wasn't vehemently just telling them, hey, you're a bunch of idiots. I think yeah. that's what it comes down to. Right. It's, it's the whole thing about using honey. You know, we can yep. catch more than we can with vinegar. And uh, we, we mess up so many conversations and people mess up so many opportunities to share the truth of God's word, to share the love that is in that truth because we do it in such a confrontational way. And we're dogmatic in our society, especially since COVID, has become so polarized and there is no conversations anymore. But we have to, and even in the churches, we are like that so much now. And we see it on Facebook and social media all the time. But we have got to take that step back and change our tone and and reach these people with kind words. doesn't mean we're not going to share this truth with them. Because for us to not share what God says, that's actually hating somebody. So we have to work through those confrontations Mm. with good words. Don't you think it's more effective uh, to not tell people up front that you're a Christian, to let them see you this nice, kind, mild, calm, demeanored person who there's something about you that's a little different? to me, it's almost more effective if somebody asks me about that than it is if I go right at them and you know let them know right up front, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm here with a message for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just seems to me like that's a little more effective, especially in today's culture. I mean, I, I could walk into Walmart today and start preaching and everybody would just scatter. Well, you earn the, earn the right to speak into their yeah. life. I mean, we do this when we go downtown and you want to feed the homeless people. Well, we go with an arterial motive to share with them their greatest need. Their greatest need is not a bologna sandwich. Their greatest need is a relationship with God. But we're going to give them a bologna sandwich on the front end to show them the love of God before we just tell them about the love of God. Mm -hmm. And so I agree with you on that from a standpoint. I think too many times we want to walk in with a label, and immediately that begins to put up a fight, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because we're trying to – prove that we're right and they're wrong in some way. And I think those are those are relationships you build um, just by being kind, being generous. Again, in Titus, he'll talk about that, that we are in Chapter 3, I think, it's talking about we're to be under people's authority. I mean, all of us, we're, we're American citizens. And, you know, if there's a law passed, then we need to do our best to follow that law. When we go out here and drive down the interstate, we need to do our best to follow the road rules. And if we get pulled over, we need to pull over and talk with you know with peace in our heart. Mm. We don't have to like getting a ticket, but you know what? We're under their authority, and if we don't live that way, then we're just total anarchists. I think you hit on a good thing there that uh, we're not really arguing with people, right? We're not 
and you said you you phrased it like uh, it's not that we're right and you're wrong because uh, there again you're just going to turn people off right uh, because you're arguing with them uh i just it's interesting you brought that up Come. you know one of the kind of principles that i try to keep in mind in doing this and this this works in it's a very general thing kind of works in a lot of settings but you have to have a relational foundation strong enough to bear the weight of those heavy conversations and there's different levels of intensity when it comes to confrontation. And so if you're going to have a really heavy conversation with somebody, you got to make sure that your relationship with them is strong enough to bear the weight of that heavy confrontation. And if it's not, you might not be the one to bring that confrontation up. Um, so case in point, like you, you preach on Sunday mornings. It's one level of intensity to say from the pulpit, God's word says, this is wrong. Don't do that. Um, somebody sitting in the... Hughes may say, oh, well, dang, I, I probably shouldn't be doing that. That's one level of confrontation. It's another thing to get to know somebody, know that they're doing that thing, and then walk to them, kind of secretly put your arm around them and say, hey, I know you're struggling with this. We Let's work on that together. That's another level of confrontation. Another level of confrontation is to make their sins public to a lot of people and to begin to ridicule them. There's a whole lot of Levels of confrontation you can have, um, and you you got to have a relationship that's strong enough to bear the weight of that depth of conversation. Would y'all say it's okay? Uh, would Would y'all say it's okay for somebody that might feel guilty about not confronting somebody about something or talking to them about this? Would y'all say it's okay for them not to do that if they don't feel like it's right for them at that moment to do that? It's kind of what you're saying, and the reason I ask that. It's because I'm always trying to think about uh, people feel guilty uh, as a Christian sometimes that they're not doing enough, quote, doing enough. But I think I, think I hear what you, hear you <clears throat> saying is you don't always have to be the one. If, if, it, if it doesn't feel right to you, you don't, may not be the one to do that anyway. Is that what you're saying? Sort Maybe. Of? Let me clarify a little bit. Um, that means no, so he's going to clarify now. Well, no, I, I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but there's, there's confrontation about – sin in general. Um, and I think that if you're beginning to know specific sins about somebody, specific issues that they're having, you know, you want to make sure that you're the right person to bring that message. That's, that's one side of things. The other side of things is um, when it comes to evangelism, you should be sharing the gospel. It is not a loving thing to wave at somebody as they're driving to their death. Right. <laughs> and they're, they're headed towards an eternity away from Jesus. It is not a loving thing to wave at them from the sidelines saying, hey, have a great day. That's not loving. The loving thing is to step in their path and say to them, hey, man, the bridge is out. You're headed to, to a sure death. And I'm, I'm stopping you right now. And we may not have a depth of relationship where you're ready to hear this, but I'm just going to stop you right now. And you need to know Jesus. One of the reasons that people say, well, it may not be me to, to do that, is because we have a fear of evangelism, which is a very confrontational thing. But we're commanded to do it. Whether you have the gift of evangelism or not, you're commanded to do that. And so you may have a fear of that confrontation, so you may try to check out and say, well, I'm probably not the one for that. But here's something that may alleviate some of the fear for somebody that worries about sharing the gospel with somebody. And gospel is just a fancy word that means good news, Jesus loves you. Right, they're already dead spiritually. You literally can't screw it up. Mm -hmm. The only thing that can happen when you share the gospel is good things. They can either continue in the dead state that they are, 
That's not good, but they're already dead. You didn't make them any more dead than they were. Or you can share the gospel, and maybe, just maybe, God will come in there, shine light in the dark places, and bring a dead heart to life. So if you're if you're saying, oh, I don't like confrontation, so I'm not the one to do it, and it's because you don't want to share the gospel because you're afraid to do it, then that is not okay. I think, I think the difference uh, in what I was talking about and what you're talking about is I may be talking about uh, – like like our church and and me personally have been involved with a, a local hope center that mm. helps guys kind of uh, go that have been going through drug problems and what have you, sure. and kind of an ongoing program. And I've seen instances where maybe the wrong people uh, were trying to talk to some of those people and have something in common with them when they actually didn't, and it was they might not have been exactly the right. Person, I think that's what I'm. I think I'm more in a, in, on a counseling sure. mindset that I'm talking about than an evangelism. Because well, yeah, you do, you do things, need to yeah. say that to everybody. Yeah. You know? Well, and not uh, but, not every moment is a teachable moment. Yeah. You know, if I walk in church on Sunday morning and somebody grabs my hand and, and I say, "Hey, man, how you doing? I'm terrible. I got drunk last night. I just want you to know it, preacher." Well, that may not be an opportunity for me to go. Well, let me tell you. How bad that is, you know. It may be like, let's get together sometime. I'd love to talk to you about that more. It may not be a teachable moment. Uh, I was in a car with a buddy of mine who I know has had some difficulties. I was kind of looking for an opportunity to share witness to him, but he just began talking to me, and I just I just listened and got to the end of the ride, and I kind of felt guilty that I hadn't shared the gospel, you know. But I was like, you know, I think in that moment he just needed to talk. Mm-hmm. He just. And all I was was a caring individual. I didn't judge him. I didn't put him down. I didn't label him. I just listened in that moment. And so you, you just, you know, every, everybody is going to be find themselves in different situations. Mm-hmm. But every, every moment is not a, let me tell you how you're living life wrong. Mm-hmm. But there are those moments when we do, like Jason said, you, you, you're given that moment. And sometimes we just pat them on the back and say, well, have a good day. And that's not a good thing either. So, or I'll get somebody to pray for you. A little discernment there, yeah, <laughs> and that's hard. Yeah, and in that instance that you were just sharing, you were building a foundation for the future, right? Like you said, not every moment is a teachable right. moment. So, by sharing that moment with him, it paved the way for him to actually want to listen to you later on. Hang on a second. Sharing that moment. Can you rephrase that? That just bothered me there for sharing a second. The, moment. the sharing thing, that's a kind of a churchy term. I, thought, I don't know that I've ever heard that one in church. I thought, I thought that kind of sounded like a Hallmark, Hallmark Christmas show. <laughs> Is it just me? They that were sharing a moment. Church? It's, a little, it's a little weird. I don't I think, know that I've ever heard it in church. There, Jackson. No, yeah. because I, I heard really people do. say, you See, know, I was trying share. to avoid churchy ants or churchy phrases by using I think you just buzzed yourself for buzzing. Well, I hadn't heard it in a while. Maybe I just wanted to hit it. So. You were spending time with him, and oh, in spending time with him, it made yeah. it possible in the future for you to, to well, share deeper. Now, wait. Things. That was non. That was less churchy to say it that way. Ta-da. I was hanging out with him. Yeah. I was hanging out so, with him. So let's, change that, let's change that in churches. Would anybody <laughs> like to uh, talk about their testimony? Testimony. <laughs> okay. All right. Carry on. This is getting rather confrontational. It is. Let's talk about <laughs> confrontation. It actually yeah. is. Yeah, well, as uh, as we've been going through this, you know, and remembering where Paul was at when he wrote this, Paul wrote this letter while he was in jail. So it seems to be kind of an interesting thing there. But anyway, uh, he was in jail not for breaking God's law either. He was in jail because 
He was telling people the truth about Jesus. He was sharing that that gospel with others, but he put himself under the authority of the local government that did not like him doing that, and was he allowed himself to be placed in jail. In today's setting, you know things that we see going on around the world today, with the example that. Paul has given us of what he did a couple thousand years ago. Does that kind of give us any type of a hope today that even if we're doing what's right, maybe it doesn't always come across right in somebody else's eyes. Does that kind of help us maybe in our ministry or in our journey in the work that yeah, we do around for here? Because I just about buzzed. I know you were you were reaching for it. Mm-hmm. But doing the right thing may not be received well. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, yeah. Obviously, well, yeah. if you're doing the Christian thing, I love the uh, I love the example that Paul will talk about. We're ambassadors for Christ, and if you think about an ambassador, an ambassador is a guest hmm. on foreign soil who's under the authority of his home territory. Now, it doesn't mean that he can just willy nilly break the law, but ultimately, the authority comes from home, hmm. and I think that's what we have to remember as Christians. Just because somebody is offended that I said the name of Jesus doesn't mean I still don't have the authority from home to talk about Jesus. And if they choose to put us in jail or cancel us or whatever they want to do, that's on them. And we we have to just, you know, we don't purpose. I think that's the other part. If you're purposely trying to uh, poke the bear, then that's wrong. Yeah. You know, one thing, that's a great analogy. And one thing about that analogy is the uh, the place where the ambassador stays, the consulate, is literally considered the sovereign soil yep. of the nation that sent him. Yep. <clears throat> and if we are sent by Jesus, where we live is the sovereign soil of Jesus Christ. So we have a higher authority to share the gospel, to live for Jesus, than the authority of the land around us. And yet Titus 3 talks about being under their authority yes. and being peaceable, living right. peaceable where possible. And uh, again, back to this idea, so that we gain their respect. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole part. You see that in Daniel's life. You see that in Paul's life. I mean, you live peaceably where you can. Obviously, there are going to be some points. Daniel said, I cannot worship a false god, and I'll just deal with the consequences. And, you know, um, I think we're getting pushed to that place a little bit more in our country than we, we ever have before, but it doesn't preclude us from being truthful. But again, being truthful with our um, friends and neighbors and people that we've built a relationship with. Me standing on a street corner yelling, you're going to hell because you smoke dope is not going to win anything, I don't think. I you would know, agree with that. Most people are going to roll their window up and not not look your direction yeah, at all. Exactly. Right. Not effective, I wouldn't think. Yeah, there are better ways of going about doing that. Yep. So where did all this start? What was the concept when this start started? Purpose. We started with purpose of the church and why we're left here. Um, and and we are, I think, left here because we represent the kingdom mm-hmm. and the king. You know, Jesus is teaching about prayer, you know, be done on earth as it already is in heaven. We're to be focused on that. I'm going to look at church a little bit different after this conversation because I honestly had had not stopped and thought that we're actually just a bigger version of the first church at somebody's house. Yep. And that makes it a little easier to see uh, what's going on there. 
course, course, churches get big. Ours got fairly big for the town we live in, and there's a lot going on there. I mean, there's there's a bunch going on, but I can see that basically we are just we're like at somebody's house, and we're we're coming in there, and we're uh, being glad that uh, we found out about all this. One, two is we're maybe thinking about ways we can go out there and drag somebody else into the house, you know, and share what <laughs> and tell them on, about. You've been this rough on too. yourself today, man. Well, I know, but. One well, of those emails got to you, didn't it? <laughs> it did. Yeah, it did. Well, I feel like if I buzz y'all, I should buzz myself, too. Self-conscious. But anyway, yeah, it's just like we're just the big version of that first church. <laughs> Listen to Mike the Baptist, where we all got buzzed. Yeah. Get buzzed <laughs> on Mike the Baptist. I am going to make a It's really funny, especially given the fact that you started off by saying you were smoking turkeys. I, I, I wanted to ask you if that was a euphemism for something. Yep. I see the hymn selection stirring for this episode. <laughs> Coming right up. Smoke on the water. Was that in the hymnal or is that? I don't know that we've. I may edit been that, that part of the hymnal yet. Well, anyway, did we did we go anywhere to where we were trying to go in this conversation? Sounds like we yeah, did. I think oh, we did. Yeah. yeah, I think we went full circle. Tell you where we didn't go. Where I like to go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to Only go you. where somebody might be listening to us who has not experienced what we've all experienced. Who hasn't Who hasn't bought into this? Religion, what are you going to call it? Who hasn't bought into this yet? So, what would one of you all say to that person who said, who's who has uh, suffered their way to this point, listening to some of this talk and going like, you know, I've kind of been thinking about that myself, but I'm not sure what I need to do next. What would you tell them right here? If you had their attention right here, which you do if if that's who's listening and. What would you say to him? He just pointed to me. So what I would want them to know right now is we've been talking about confrontation. You're going to find confrontation throughout this world. You're going to have confrontation because there is a devil out there who is against you. But I want you to know that there is a God who is for you, who loves you more than anybody else in creation could ever love you. Hmm. And he showed his love for, for you by allowing Jesus to come into this world and to live a perfect life go to a cross and die to pay for your sins just like you paid for my sins and if you will trust in Jesus that he is the son of God and that he is the only one who can pay for your sins if you'll put all of your faith in him alone then you can have this wonderful gift of life of freedom of salvation that we talk about on this show all the time if you would just cry out to him right now I, I trust in you alone and I'm asking you to be my savior I love that you said God is for you that's a great, great phrase. Would you say too to him that uh, he's probably thinking of them right now? Is the reason why they're sitting there hearing this that he's thinking of them it right is, now? It is no accident that somebody is listening to Mike the Baptist and the Three Preachers. I think you're right. Now. Exactly correct. This message was for them. So step in there. Welcome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's good. It is good. It's all good. That's what I was looking for. Thanks. It's a great planet. And uh, glad y'all are on it, and whoever's listening is on it. So we'll take a break, come back, play in your Audi. You'll never hear us say at Mike the Baptist that you need our logo t shirts or hoodies. Just like you wouldn't hear us say that you need very white music. But now that Mike the Baptist has logo coffee mugs, 
we are a little tempted to point out that coffee would only have to taste better out of something that special, or a good hot cocoa, or a rich, smooth cappuccino in one of those brand new 11 or 15 ounce coffee mugs with that warm and inviting Mike the Baptist logo with the fake neon lettering. No, we'll never tell you that you need stuff, but we might remind you that it's not a sin to buy stuff like that and that a little of the money you spend goes toward keeping Mike the Baptist on the air and in your head like a good Barry White album turned up to seven while you do your taxes or trim those hedges. Find out more about the new Logo Coffee Mugs and our t-shirts and hoodies with funny little sayings and our logo at www.mikethebaptist.com forward slash merchandise. Hey everybody, it's time to play America's almost favoritest new game show, Any or Audi, where we challenge our guests to figure out if a phrase we give them is actually in the Bible or out of the Bible. Sharpen your wits, guest. You're about to be in the hot seat of Bible stuff, because you're the next contestant on Any or Audi. Here's Mike. One of the great things about uh, having an educational podcast is that uh, we, we feel honored that we get to help you learn things. <laughs> some things we may not be so honored that you learn from here, but some, I mean, any or outy has become to me an educational portion of the program because I myself am learning a lot of things about stuff that's either in the Bible or not in the Bible, and I feel more confident mouthing off in the circles of people talking about things now uh, because I'm, I'm a little more cautious about some of those things that I, I hear. Anyway, uh, today on any or Audi, uh, Jason Riccardi, Michael Kuntz are in the power seats. No need to explain what's about to happen because you've seen it. You know, any kid that uh, you know that's watched this a time or two can tell you that any or Audi is just People throwing something out there, a phrase or something, and then asking each other, is that in the Bible or out of the Bible? Which would be in your outie. In your outie. Right. No need to explain that. It's simple. Self-explanatory. Self-explanatory. And so, Jason, uh, yeah. what do you have for us today? Challenge us, would you? Skin of my teeth. Have we done that before? We have. Okay, let me look up another one. I'll edit that out. <laughs> And yes, it is. <laughs> that was one of the very first ones we did, actually. I think so. Yeah, that was a very early right. episode. It took it took my yeah. internal uh, CPU there a second to... Jason, um, Jason, yeah. what do you have for us? Come what may. Hmm. Interesting. That's that's pretty so good. So Spider-Man... Oh, no, that was... Come at me. <laughs> come at me? Come at me, bro. Or at me. <laughs> None of me. Come at me, bro. <laughs> come at me, bro. <laughs> that's pretty. I know that's not in there. Maybe bro. in the Cotton Patch Gospel, <laughs> you bro, yeah. the ghetto gospel. <laughs> when did when did when did Christian people start saying brother, brother? Yeah. Oh, when Hulk Hogan made it popular. No, brother. I just wondered when. So it was after the King James version. <laughs> no, it's in there. It's brothers and sisters. Oh yes. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Come at me. Come what may. Come on, what may. may. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We right. derailed there very quickly on that one. We did. My gut 
reaction says, uh, no. Okay. Because my gut feels like that is a modern, a modern, come at me. Come, come what may. Come what may. Yeah, come at me is modern. <laughs> yes. Come at me is modern. Well, come what may come sounds what a little, may. sounds more prose-ish than it does scripture-ish to me. Wasn't that a song, Come On Eileen? <laughs> it was. It's about the girl with one leg longer than the other. That's what that was about? Yeah. I didn't know that. So her name's Eileen. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get a shotgun. We're going to start killing these squirrels around here. I was snuck up on, on that one. Come on, May. No, my gut says no. What do you guys think about that? Come on, May. Sounds like it, it, sounds like it would be. But You think so? I tell you what I'm thinking is that I think it's in there because in the context, like Job, though all may fail about me, um, Habakkuk says if there's no cattle in the stall, if there's no... So that kind of sounds like that no, no matter what happens. Well, see, here's my argument. Yep. I would think somebody in Scripture writing would say, Whatever may happen, or I don't think they would say "come what may." I think that's what some, you don't think. Some, "Come what may" sounds King James. No, it sounds uh, Arkansasish. That sounds King. Well, Jameson come what may. <laughs> that's the way it sounds to me. Hmm. Come what mayeth might sound a little. <laughs> come what mighteth, King James. Mighteth. Come what mighteth. How are you going to work yourself into a fifty-fifty proposition here, where you're going to be right or wrong? Well. I'm going to stand my ground on. I don't think it's in there, but I'm, if, if y'all are yeses, I'm here we go. go. I'm going here we go. Here we go. I'm going with you for a the consensus. 50, the fifty-fifty now became a hundred percent. I'm going to be right one way or the other. Listen, He's giving into the consensus. Yeah. Well, let me tell you what I discovered about your wife, Susan. She and I sneak up on this the same way. She's going to be right both both ways, oh, yeah. just by the way she's Welcome structured. Welcome to my world. <laughs> I'm saying in. In? Yeah, I'm going to say in. I don't think it's in there, but I'm going with my friends, and it's an any. All right, it is an any. Uh, in yeah. 1313. <laughs> let me have silence, and I will speak, and let come on me what may. Oh, now, wait a minute. Hold it. <laughs> Time. You just got to get the right mm. translation. No, no, it's okay. It, it no, may, no, you it said, may be. But you said, come on me what may. Because <laughs> the phrase, come what may, comes from Job 13, 13. Come what you may. You just got to get to the right translation. Let me see if there's a different translation. If you had said, come on me what may, then I would have said, well, that sounds a little bit Bible-ish. <laughs> Bible-ish. Bible-icious. So it is in there. It is in there. Yes. Loosely. Yeah. Let me look up the King James. See, if see it's I even said Job. You should have. I said Job. Well, no, but but he had some. Uh, what they call those? Where the like the FBI turns over something to Congress, but they black a bunch of it out. Retracted. Redacted. Redacted. Yeah, it had a, had a couple of redactions there. Well, it it did have. Those uh, are key words. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm a word man. Words mean a lot to me. Do they? <laughs> yeah. Give you a second on that. Words mean a lot to me. You get that? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. That's it. Okay. All right. So uh, it's an any. It's an any, and we won. Wow. Yeah. See, look at that. You're a winner. Oh, I'm arguing, and I won. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But good. Your gut was wrong, but your, your gut was wrong, but your brain in other was. Words, yes. Go team. Good job. Go team. Activia yogurt. Yeah. Yes. That's a whole other story too. All right. Good one, Jason Kunch. Yep. What do you have for us? All right. Uh, <clears throat> our fearless leader has kind of given us a new twist on this. I think the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
giving us a multiple multi-choice thing oh, of yeah, one like that's out. So yeah, I'm gonna I like that twist. Make an attempt at that. Okay. This might fail. Okay. But anyway. Which of the following and let me before I even get to this. Okay. I thought about Jason on this one because Jason knows everything. Mm-hmm. He has all this knowledge. He, he, he doesn't forget stuff. He's a lot. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm thinking about him. It's like, he'll probably get this right off the bat. And then I'm thinking about HD on this one because HD loves superheroes. Mm-hmm. Thor, Love, and Thunder, one of his favorite movies. Yeah. He loves superheroes. So anyway, okay. which of the following superheroes is not mentioned in the Bible? Whoa. This is a twist. Flash. Azazel. Angel, Zeus. Oh, well, I'll do uh, one question. Flash, Azazel, Angel, or Zeus? Which one is not mentioned well, in the Bible? Zeus is mentioned in the Bible. Is it? I mean, the, I don't think all it is, of them are. Um, Zeus isn't, is it? Zeus is in the Bible because they thought Paul and Barnabas were Zeus and another god, wasn't it? Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah. But then all the other ones, angels are mentioned. Um, it does say the, the word flash is in there. Um, like it'll come like a flash of lightning. Um, and then what were the other one? Azazel. Azazel. Azazel is mentioned in there. He was the demon god that they would send the scapegoat off to. But he said one of them's not. Well, I, I think all of them are in there. Did I could you say be Batman? I did not say Batman. <laughs> I go with that one. Yeah, that would be the one. He said Batman. He I mean, said, if if you're talking about a person, then Flash is not a person. It's a, but it is a a word. A word. Well, that's, that was going to be my obvious question. Were they talking about superheroes in the Bible? Because <laughs> that was kind of narrow some things down. Flash. Zeus. Oh wait, Azazel. I'm thinking Doctor Seuss. Yeah, <laughs> Doctor Seuss. Uh, Angel. Zeus. Zeus. Flash. Azazel. Well, <laughs> Zeus and Doctor Seuss, Dr. Kinda Seuss. Kinda all mixed I'll, up. I'll let you know that's, a, that's an Audi. Azazel would be what I'd pick, but unless I, I haven't been in school for this, uh, unless Azazel, um, there's I know with that word it's kind of translated or written spelled differently. You do know that. I, I do. That I, was I would have guessed it's a spice. No, it's it's the demon god that they would send the scapegoat to. Oh. Um, oh, really? So in in the Bible, the scapegoat they would lay their hands on the scapegoat. Yeah, they would go metaphorically would go carry the them. sins off, and they would go off to Talk to pigs or whatever. Azazel. Azazel. It was a it was a de- local demon. But they didn't name Azazel in the scripture. No, they did. They? they did. Yeah, it could be Flash. But but it, there's flash of lightning is referenced in when it's talking about the coming second coming of Jesus. Are you are you positive like Zeus a flash. is in there? Twinkling of an eye. Oh, Not maybe it's twinkle of an eye instead of flash. But we know there's flashes of lightning and thunder. But did they say and, that? Yeah, in, in Psalms. Okay, yeah. Oh, right? They did say it. Well, this is just really confusing because wow. all four of them you guys are saying are in there. And are I don't you have using a specific to... translation? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> It'd have to be. I'll stick with King James. You know what? In the New Living, <laughs> Dr. Seuss is in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Easy read version. That's right. Easy readers <laughs> with the, with the pictures, the Doctor Seuss pictures. All the characters in the Bible look like Doctor Seuss drawn. Um, Is there a Doctor Seuss Bible? That that would be really. Oh, that would be great. There's got to be one of those somewhere. We got to look that up. <laughs> yeah, it could go along with our Wednesday night cartoons that we have. <laughs> it 
Good goodness. <laughs> <laughs> they have these funny little drawings at my church on Wednesday nights sometimes. And these but they really make comical. such perfect sense. They make great sense. I mean, sense. they're awesome. But that- You know why? Because uh, life is actually squirrely and kind of humorous. Just like right now. Yes. I don't know this one because... All right. I mean, I feel like all of them are in there pretty pretty significant. Well, it had to be a translation thing, a specific translation. Didn't they think that, that Paul was Zeus and Barnabas? I, yeah, Zeus and Apollos, I think. So uh, one of them, they thought that Paul was They tried to worship messenger, him as gods. And then that uh, Barnabas was Zeus. Yeah, because he was Paul the older. Talked. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there was that, yeah. And then angels are definitely mentioned. It's Flash. Azazel, unless it's spelled differently, if you're looking at a specific translation, could be. Well, if you remember Hazael Azazel or, anywhere in in your Christian I'm, life, I'm pretty sure. In a book like that, yeah, I think it's Flash. <laughs> I think they're all in there. I could be wrong. Maybe it's Flash. It's Got to be Flash. What do you think? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we're going with Flash. Flash is a. So what are we guessing? An Audi or an Innie? You got to guess well, which one, one is out. out. Flash is, Flash the one is an Audi. Is that what we're going with? Sure. So we can get to a conclusion? Well, Flash is mentioned. It's in Jeremiah 50, okay, 44 yeah. for sure. Okay. Angels are mentioned in numerous places. Zeus is mentioned yep. in Acts. Azazel is referenced. He is named in the book of Enoch. Oh, oh wow. man. You know what? His I Roman a... Catholic background <laughs> screwed us over in this... <laughs> Golly. Dang, Roman Catholics. <laughs> it's only reference? <laughs> only reference. The oh, name. Man. You have to In go to the Enoch. book of Enoch for it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Got me on that one. That's good. Wow. I mean, I knew, was, the, uh, I knew the, the passage, but you I did. You were and right you said on it. Flash early on, didn't you? No. Nope. Oh, you said Flash. <laughs> I, I said Flash was in, like. Flash he didn't say a whole lot. I don't Zeus, think. I jumped on Zeus. You did, you did. Yeah, you knew Zeus. You were right on that one. God, I think I went with each one. I have they led came you guys astray, I... and I apologize. I <laughs> repent in sackcloth and ash. Huh? Okay. <laughs> we accept, I guess. <laughs> we don't have to wear a sackcloth. Pluck his either. beard out. <laughs> <laughs> one hair at a time. I don't repent that much. I said sackcloth and ash. <laughs> so Azuzu's. Azazel. Azazel. Azuzu, yes. Is not in there. Correct. Huh. But it's referenced in one of the books that didn't make it. It is in there. referenced. Intertestamental yes. period book, yeah. That sounds medical, but. Interintestinal? Is that what you said? Well, yes, the Azuzu was in the interintestinal. <laughs> it's a good time for a break. Books. I think it is. We're going to take a break now. And thanks for being here on this round of In Your Audi. And we're going to leave it at that. We'll be back to uh, sing you a hymn. Just like you do in church. Very reverent time here on Mike the Baptist. And you'll experience that with us shortly. Azuzel? Azazel. Azazel. Oh, wow. What a great contestant and a fine sport today on Any or Audi, America's almost favorite new game show. Study up, future guest people. You're next in the hot seat for Any or Audi. You know... You may be on the operating table about to go in the surgery room right now, but I want you to uh, hold your hands up and tell everybody, stop, because we're about to do a hymn from the Mike the Baptist hymnal, and surgery. your surgery can wait, uh, because I don't, I don't think you can wrap up any kind of churchy type service without doing a hymn. I've never known people that could. Even on fishing trips, men think they have to sing a song where they, it's not an official churchy trip. I just find that interesting. 
In order not to break protocol, turn to page 107 of your Mike the Baptist hymnal, and we're going to do a hymn for you right now, just like all good churchy services do before they wrap it up. Probably did that in the first churches. They did, didn't this, they? they this sang. came from uh, Missionary Baptist. The Missionary Baptist? Mm-hmm. We might have stolen it and put it in our hymnal, but it's one of those uh, uh, hymns that's designed to make you feel good. And there's nothing wrong with being a Christian and feeling good and having a good time. Is there? I don't think so. I think you can stand and clap with this one, couldn't you? You can. A lot of people can't sing move a little churchy bit with songs it. without standing. Only if you are, you know, talented and able to clap and move at the same time. In other and words, sway. not me. You can sway. A lot, <laughs> yeah. of people, a lot of people sway in church. A lot of people clasp. There are claspers who just kind of clasp their hands together, you know, and they don't you know, move around. And then there are swayers. And I'm making a list. Are you checking it twice? I will check it twice, just for you. Page 107 of your hymnal, we're going to sing you this hymn, and then we're going to try to get out of here with some sort of grace. Although we're a little late for that, but we're going to make an attempt. I've lost the uh, lyrics to the hymn again, but I found them. Join with us, would you? I've been working working so hard, hard. I'm I'm punching my card. Oh, tell me, eight hours (laughs) for what? Oh, tell me what what I I got. I got this feeling that time's just holding me down. I'll hit the ceiling or else I'll tear up this town. I mean, I got to scroll down here to this uh, other part. I'll cut that out. Footloose. (laughs) Where are you talking? Wait a minute. I don't know now. Footloose, footloose, kick off the sunny shoes. Is that right? That's what you told us. Okay. <laughs> footloose, footloose, kick off your Sunday shoes. Come on, girl. Please, Louise. That's what it said. Pull me up on my knees. Jack, get back. Come on before we crack. Lose your blues. Everybody cut, everybody cut. Everybody cut, everybody cut. Everybody cut, everybody cut. Everybody, everybody cut foot loose. I don't think that's how that goes, but you can't Kenny go wrong. Loggins is you can't go wrong singing. Severely disappointed in us. Kenny Loggins don't go to church here anymore, so he probably didn't hear that <laughs> anyway. I notice we've lost somebody in the frame here, but that's just how it goes here. Some oh, I heard the bathroom door closing there. That's <laughs> just how it is. I like the Baptist. Hey, uh, See you next time, folks. Remember, we're just Christians. Try not to cuss. Yes, exactly. I know where he went, but I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Gonna make a great episode. (laughs) 